Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring sermons drawn from our pastoral staff and various guest preachers. Let's return to our scripture passage for today. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. And when we come to this passage, we are hearing Paul give some instructions to his apprentice, to Timothy. And so this is what Paul says to Timothy when he's urging them how to study this life of faith. He says, now you have observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and my suffering, the things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Indeed, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But wicked people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me as we pray. Holy God, we pray you will open our hearts to truth and that our hearts will be transformed by it. We pray that you will tune our ears to your voice and that we will not miss your breath. We pray that we will carry what you speak to us and share it with those around us because it is good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. One of my favorite television scenes of all time also uses one of my favorite quotations of all time. It comes from a series called Ted Lasso, if anyone has watched Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso tells a fictional story about a college football coach from Kansas who is hired to coach a Premier League soccer team in the United Kingdom. And the protagonist coach, Ted, is unfailingly kind and optimistic. He's that kind of person who believes that caring for other people and bringing out the best in other people is not just his primary job as a coach, but is his primary job as a man. Unfortunately for him, his brand of hopeful optimism is also the kind of optimism that the British tend to see as naive. They make a sport out of ridiculing too much hope. I say that from experience being married to an Englishman for 19 years. Yes, I'm going to get that later. You can laugh. It's okay. 
In one particular scene, the villain of the show, Rupert, challenges Ted to a game of darts with a high bet. If Rupert wins the dart game, then he can craft the team's starting lineup. If Ted wins, then Rupert is not allowed to attend the games. Rupert is that kind of character that you expect most villains to be. He's outrageously wealthy, and he's just as charming as he is cruel. After Ted accepts his challenge, Rupert pulls out his own sleek set of darts from his pocket, while Ted gathers the darts off of the board from the local pub. So as they near the end of what proves to be a closer game than they imagined, Ted lines up to take these final three throws, and he decides he's going to tell this story. He says, you know, guys have underestimated me my entire life, and for years I never understood why it really used to bother me. But one day I was driving my little boy to school, and I saw this quote painted on the wall. It said, be curious, not judgmental. I really like that, Ted said. And with that, he took his dart and threw it exactly to where he wanted it to be on the board. Then he carried on the story. He said, so I got back in my car and I'm driving to work and all of a sudden it hits me. All of those fellas who used to belittle me, not one of them was curious. They thought they had everything all figured out. So they judged everything and they judged everyone. And I realized that them underestimating me, who I was, had nothing to do with it. Because if they were curious, they would ask questions. You know, questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? And with that, he throws his second dart, landing it right in that skinny red triple rectangle. The pub is gasping in shock, and Ted carries on his story saying, to which I would have answered, well, yes, sir, every Sunday afternoon in the sports bar with my father from the ages of 10 to 16. And with that, he threw that third and final dart right into the bullseye. Be curious, not judgmental. It sounds like a very simple quote. It's often falsely attributed to Walt Whitman, but it was actually first recorded by an advice columnist in a 1986 edition of the Charlotte Observer. The columnist was responding to a parent who had found oral contraceptives in their 17-year-old daughter's bedroom, and they were asking how they should raise that issue with their daughter. And the columnist wrote back to the parents saying, try to find out her concerns. Be curious, not judgmental. Did she not tell you because she thought you didn't care? Maybe she's being pressured by her peers. As her parents, it's your job to find out and help. Be curious, not judgmental. It sounds really similar to the instruction that Jesus gave the men who were towering over the woman accused of adultery in John chapter 8. 
These men were threatening her with death when Jesus says to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first person to throw a stone. You see, none of those men were curious about the circumstances of that woman. None of them were curious about how they would feel if they were face down in the dirt, caught in their own trespass. They were too busy seeing themselves as better so that they could see her as worse. And when Jesus urges them to reflect just a little bit, just a little bit of curiosity, all of those men end up walking away. Be curious, not judgmental. In fact, we know from Scripture that Jesus was not a fan of people acting judgmentally at all. In addition to defending this woman in John chapter 8, he also says in Matthew chapter 7, Do not judge, or you will be judged in the same ways by the same measures that you judge others. And then again in Luke 6, he says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. If you forgive, then you too will be forgiven. Later on in scripture, the author of the book of James says, there is only one lawgiver and one judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge? There's no question. When we read scripture that Jesus and his father like him really hate judgmentalism. And I think that the scene in Ted Lasso really helps us to understand why. Judgmentalism requires certainty, whereas curiosity requires faith. Judgmentalism gives us permission to close our minds, to stop thinking about the things that make us feel uncomfortable, whereas curiosity draws us forward from one question to another into unknown territory until we realize we are exploring the infinite. Judgmentalism requires certainty, but Jesus asks us to be people of faith. And so if we're going to be people of faith, then there is no doubt that we also need to be a people who are perpetually curious. Curiosity, it leads us to study, to wonder, to ask questions, to start conversations rather than shutting conversation down. Curiosity leads us to pay attention to what is spoken and to what is unspoken, to reflect, to interpret, to observe. And all of these things, study, reflection, observation, and interpretation, are what Paul is instructing Timothy to do in our scripture passage for today when he says, and I'm paraphrasing, you have watched me, my teaching, my conduct, my aim, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and my sufferings. You know better than anyone how much God has rescued me. Anyone who wants to live for Christ is going to face a lot of trouble. There's no escaping it. So continue in what you have learned 
and keep coming back to scripture because every part of it is going to be useful in one way or another. It will show us truth. It will expose our rebellion. It will correct our mistakes. It will train us to live in God's way. If we keep, to be, if we keep being curious about what scripture is saying to our lives, we will always find input. In other words, Paul is saying, you have seen me do this. You've seen me live my life this way. So now try it for yourself. Use fully the tools that you have been given along the way, whether they're emotional tools, spiritual tools, scriptural tools. Timothy, he says, stay open. Timothy, he says, stay curious. Timothy, he says, stay faithful. And of course, Paul's instruction to Timothy is his instruction for us today too, isn't it? Church, stay open. Church, stay curious. Church, stay faithful. Unfortunately, modern day Christianity, much like the many days before it, has come to prefer certainty and judgment over curiosity and study. We see it in the news and we hear it in the conversations that we have with other believers. We like to trade in curiosity, context, and nuance for literalism and certainty. For example, the whole Bible talks about welcoming the immigrant and the stranger. Whole Bible. But we are inclined to find one verse about fences so that we can feel justified in keeping some people out. The whole Bible, the whole Bible talks about stories of both men and women leading in God's image, but some of us can't help but find that one verse that talks about women remaining silent so that we can feel justified in prioritizing men. The whole Bible, my friends, the absolute whole Bible talks about love, even love for our enemies. But that doesn't always stop us from finding that one verse that speaks to our own fear or prejudice and then feeling justified in nursing our judgment. Our love of certainty, my friends, our penchant to be judgmental all too often leads us away from the curiosity and nuance that Jesus and Paul are instructing their followers to live by. One of my favorite poets, Alexander Pope, once wrote, a little learning is a dangerous thing. Drink deep or not taste the Pyrian spring. There, shallow drafts intoxicate the brain, and drinking largely sobers us again. 1,800 years earlier than that, the man who said uh, a rolling rock doesn't gather any moss, he had another famous saying, and it was, better be ignorant of a matter than know half of it. Both of them are trying to teach us nearly the same thing. That while a little bit of learning excites us, while a little bit of learning makes us feel powerful, it can also stupefy us. 
It's that thing that makes a novice believe that they know more than any experienced practitioner. It's what makes freshmen so much more obnoxious than seniors. It is great for us to be excited about a little bit, the little bit that we know. But the little bit we know is not going to take us into infinity. It is perpetual curiosity that will drive us to the depths of learning and that will give us wisdom. This dynamic of half-knowledge creating certainty and this half-knowledge that gives us this confidence, this overconfidence in people, it's actually been studied in recent years. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And what the study found was that people who are confident that they know everything about a subject or a skill, people who believe that with just a few hours of learning or reading, um, they can know much, much more than someone who has spent a lifetime of doing it. These people, with just a little bit of learning, are so much quicker to make a judgment than the professionals who have spent a lifetime in it. People with just a little bit of learning tend to see themselves as more advanced and as more important than they actually are because they lack the nuance that allows them to tell the difference between a first effort and between expertise. And so I know maybe some of us in here are thinking, ha, those people, a good thing I'm not one of them. But I wonder how many of us in here have stood in front of a painting by Jackson Pollock or some other contemporary artist and said something to the effect of, I think I made something like this in kindergarten. Or how many of us watch Peter Green every Sunday or have the chance to see Gustavo Dudamel and think to ourselves, you know, conducting doesn't look that hard. I think I could do that. You just wave your arms around, right? How many of us have said to a public school teacher, summer's off, sure doesn't sound like that much hard work to me. All of us demonstrate the Dunning-Kruger effect sometimes because sometimes all of us are perfectly content with just a little bit of knowledge because sometimes all we want to do is make a judgment. But friends, judgmentalism requires certainty. And certainty is the opposite of faith. If we want to deepen our faith if we really want to know what it means to be a good study, if we want to know God more closely, if we want to experience the eternal depth and breadth of the kingdom of God, then friends, it is not judgmentalism and certainty that will bring us there. Be curious, not judgmental. Amen. You have been listening to a production of San Marino Community Church. Find our worship services on YouTube or subscribe to our podcast on Spotify.